podcast will be live in five, four, three, two, one. Podcast activated. Hello and good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Neil and I'm joined again by the formidable Teodora. Although I must warn you that I'm not feeling particularly formidable today. Yes, unfortunately, uh, we're feeling a bit under the weather. Um, Tio more so than me. Um, so our voices might be a bit croaky uh, today. Uh, apologies for that. But fear not, we are still here. This week, I wanted to look at the issue of food waste, as well as the rise of food banks. I think it's something which is a big growing issue for this country. And I wanted to share some of our thoughts on the subject. Also this week, I thought we could briefly look at some of the comments and feedback from last week's episode. So we've had some some great comments so far. Thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast. I've really appreciated everyone's kind words. Uh, we're still figuring this out. So, so please get in touch and let us know your thoughts and suggestions and things like that. You can email us at goodmoaningpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at goodmoaninguk. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's go. I thought we could talk, first of all, about some of the feedback we've got from previous episodes. So we talked about driving. And we had some great comments and feedback from listeners, uh, which is really good. So I thought I'd just share uh, some of the things that has been told to us, um, which is quite interesting, actually, because obviously we can only talk about our experiences. So it's actually great to get feedback from listeners. It's interesting to see it from the flip side and what everyone else thinks about about driving. So uh, we had a comment from from a listener about actually... Uh, people not following the rules of the road. So we talked a little bit about cyclists not following the rules. But actually, if if drivers don't also follow the rules, it can cause confusion and possibly accidents. So the example that was uh, sent to us was about signaling to other drivers to let them go. So if you're on like a cross junction, so you've got more, multiple exits and multiple cars from different directions, if someone flashes to let you go, it could potentially be interpreted by another driver who also goes at the same time, and that could cause an accident. And I think that's quite a good example, really, of one of the reasons why I haven't kind of learned to drive, because I think I'll be a really good driver. Like, when I've done it, I think I can do it, but it's more about kind of being aware of other drivers. That Those kind of external stresses is, is a reason why I don't particularly like driving. And also road rage as well, because if you don't drive, you can't get road rage. I think that's I think that's a good benefit, really, not not having road rage. I think you just get normal rage instead. So that's always a positive. Hurrah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what another listener said to us, actually, which I think is a really good point. Uh, sometimes you have to drive to get a job. So many jobs, it's actually a requirement for you to have a driving license. So if you don't have one, that's actually a limiting factor in what type of work you can apply for, which I think is quite interesting. And then there's also, we had a comment from from a, a listener who, who's not originally born in the UK, but in other countries and regions where there is a, a poor or no public transport system in place, driving's not a luxury, but a must. So I think 
also that's that's a good point you know at the moment you know we we're okay we're kind of close to our work or you know we can we can walk to our workplaces or we can get the public transport but actually there is there is some places where that isn't that infrastructure is not there and can be a limiting factor in 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 whether you drive or not maybe it's a necessity rather than a luxury so from our perspective it, it is a luxury because we don't need to but other places it, it's not the case although i have to add in relation to this that again thinking about the fact that we come from different perspectives the idea that a car is a necessity um is still a point of privilege because very often when we talk about countries in which there is pu- poor public transportation it's still only middle class people who can actually afford cars so the poorest still have to use the awful public transportation system another point that someone said to us actually driving is scary when you think about it because it's a big metal box that could potentially kill somebody i think that's that's a good point really uh, and another we had another listener said about confidence if you don't have the confidence you can't be a good driver and that i think that's true you know i don't think i've got the the confidence to to drive so i think in summary there's been some interesting points uh, raised about about some of the reasons why uh, people have to drive or, or some of the reasons why you shouldn't drive and i think it's interesting kind of debate really that that this actually sparked and and i thank you to everyone who who commented in and to all the listeners who responded that's really great please keep them coming you know we're going to keep referring back to some of the things that we've talked about in this podcast so please get in touch So this week, I thought we could talk about uh, kind of food, recycling, uh, food waste, and things like that, because I think they, these are kind of serious topics of discussion. You know, we're 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 a society that does consume. We just consume, 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 and that causes a lot of waste. A lot of food gets wasted, and that kind of upsets me a little bit actually when I think about it. So I kind of that's my my big pet peeve this week is about food waste. But this thing about recycling, like not having adequate recycling in our communities. So we don't have glass recycling and normal recycling is like a bin or anything. You know, we have these bags, these recycling bags uh, that we have to put it in and that goes in the normal kind of waste, which is fine. That that's for kind of normal kind of waste like paper and cardboard and those kind of things and plastic cartons but glass there's no glass recycling here we have to take it all to the nearest supermarket to to go to the glass bottle bank thing which is again fine but it'd be good if it was kind of close by we had a comment from a listener who said about about glass recycling it's great if it's part of your normal recycling so she used to live in in a place where it was part of her recycling you know you could just put the glass bottles in it's fine but then went to another area moved house and they didn't have the same kind of um, recycling policy in place and i think that is important because it, it seems like it's like a postcode aspect to recycling you've got you've got certain areas which are really good they've got the recycling in place and they've got bins and everything's great and then other places where it's not so great and you have to kind of do it yourself or do some other kind of 
you know, recycling bag thing. You know what I mean? But it's been like this for us, really, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I used to live in a place where you could just literally put glass in a brown bin and that was great. Now we've got this convoluted thing where we, we have to... we had to campaign for it. Yeah. So when we first moved in, we didn't have any recycling at all whatsoever. And then we called up um, the council to ask you know, is there recycling provision? And they told us because we're in a privately managed property, it is the management's job to provide recycling. But then when we called the management of the building, they said actually it's the council's job to recycle. Yeah, so we got caught in this little loop where we were just getting pushed from one place to another, which was really frustrating. But then I think finally we got these bags sorted. And and thank you for the council for sorting that, because that otherwise we would just have to put it in the general waste, and that's not great. Uh, but these bags are quite small, and we have to go and order them. You know, They aren't just given to you. You have to order them. So if you don't order, you just shove it in the black bin. So it's up to you as a, as a person to, to actually be wanting to recycle. And I can imagine a lot of people just, just don't bother, and they just shove it in the black bins, and, and away they go. But actually, if you want to recycle... There's 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 hurdles to get to that, and I think that's bad. I think it needs to be a better provision. But there is a lot of waste when you're buying food, and that causes having to have more recycling because it seems like there's a lot of packaging, and we've had comments. So I put on Facebook uh, about food waste as the topic of discussion, and I got a few comments back from people, which is really great. And one of them was saying about packaging. There's far too much of it used by manufacturers you've got like film and and sleeves and all sorts of stuff and that causes more waste more more packaging that you need to recycle or throw away and some bits you can recycle some bits you can't there's like milkshakes where the the bottle can be recycled but not the sleeve so you have to take that off and and i think there needs to be more kind of responsibility from manufacturers to actually limit the amount of packaging so we don't have to recycle as much because the packaging is smaller. Absolutely. The, the less we use, the less we can recycle. And mm. it is very annoying because as a, a consumer, you kind of have no choice but to get these products that are wrapped up 20 times, even, even things like fruit. It's like, well, why like can't it just be loose? Like Amazon, right? You, you buy something online from Amazon or other retailers and it comes in this massive, huge fucking box, right? open the box and it's just full of paper just padding and then your package is another box it's sort of in the middle of that which is like probably about 50 times smaller than the actual bigger box that's in and it's like a play game of fucking like past the parcel you know it's ridiculous the amount of packaging within packaging and things like that and then you've got these huge boxes that you have to recycle i fully agree with that it's overkill half of the time and then, you know, some of these things are so big that you can't actually, like you just, you know, pointed out a second ago that our recycling bags are tiny. Then what do you do with the massive cardboard boxes? Because mm. you can't really fit them in the recycling bag. So again, you have to cart a huge cardboard boxes to the nearest recycling bank, which is not particularly close. Mm. And... Uh, and yeah, and that's one reason why sometimes a car actually would be quite handy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is a good point. But but then I can see also how people then don't bother to recycle. Yeah. Because like the only reason why we recycle is because we are very zealous about it. Like we're prepared to take the extra walk and look ridiculous carrying like <laughs> massive bags of, you know, 
bottles and jars and, you know, big, huge... Mainly wine bottles, actually. <laughs> big, huge cardboard boxes, right? So we do that. Like, we take time out of our day on the weekend yeah. to to be good people and to look after the environment as much as we can. But I can actually see how other people in similar circumstances to us would be like, fuck it. Yeah, like if they, it if, in the yeah. general, yeah. Just why should I go out of my way to recycle, right? And then yeah. recycling becomes like a, a luxury and it shouldn't be. It should be a duty, but also it should be something that is done very easily. Yeah, it should be convenient. You know, it shouldn't have to be, be a struggle. You are listening to The Good Morning Podcast with Neil Burton and Teodora Todorova. Another kind of related pet peeve about packaging and things like that is all about food waste and sort of best before and use by dates. Um, so talking to people about food, food waste, and, you know, it is a big, big problem in this country, the amount of waste that we do uh, with food. Um, I mean, I've gone on to our good friend Wikipedia and had a look at some of the stats out there. And it's just ridiculous the amount of food waste that potentially could be consumed. So looking at the stats then, it was saying in terms of like the quantity of food waste in this country, it's about 4.49 million tonnes. So four and a half million tonnes of food waste a year. And that's just in England. It's crazy. So in total for the UK, it's like 5.3 million tonnes. That's an awful lot of food waste every year. That's quite shameful. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I know it. I'm really bad for it as well. Like, I don't like when I open the fridge and it just passed its best before or, or things like that. I, I immediately think, I immediately want to chuck it away. That's my pet peeve about you. It is. And it's a, it's a really, really big bad quality of mine. Is is I see it and I'm like, oh no, it's past its sell-by date and I just want to chuck it away. And it's really hard for me to actually resist doing that. My my theory is that unless it stinks or it's visibly full of mould or rotting, yeah. you can eat it. And it's the same like I had to teach you about fruit. That slightly rotting fruit isn't actually bad. It actually means it's like properly ripened, yeah. right? I think the best before obsession is a very British thing. Obviously, I haven't lived in that many countries, but I think that, you know, I think for most Europeans, they wouldn't take it as seriously. Like, they literally yeah. would be like, does it smell? No, then you can eat it. Well, there's a difference, isn't it? Because best before is, is when it's at its peak. But then it's the use-by date, isn't it? So it, it's, it's understanding the difference between best before. And I, I get confused by that. I see best before and it passes it and I think I can't eat it now. It's gone off. But it hasn't. It hasn't gone off. It's, just, it's, it's me. I, I do think it's a, it's a big bad trait of mine to actually do that. But I've had to throw away loads of food um, because it's passed its use-by date. Like oh, The other day I had to throw away a load of tin cans that had been in the cupboard for probably years, probably. Like, usually it's years ahead, so I just haven't eaten it. So buying food sometimes that you, as backup, sometimes is a silly thing to do because you know you're never going to eat it. Like, there's some soups that I buy that I then have to chuck three years later because I didn't want them in the first place. But I bought them because maybe I'll one day need, need some food in the cupboard. And actually, I think that's why we need to become a bit better at not buying things well ahead of time because we used to have this habit didn't we like a few years ago we used to do weekly shops 
to try and be organized and and also to um you know plan our meals but but as well to take advantage of offers because there is always like a free for two and all that sort of thing oh yeah buy one get one free and all that kind of yeah and we thought it would be cheaper but then one of the things we ended up doing and this is again almost kind of on the opposite side of use buy and sell by dates is that food seems to be really like poor quality so fresh fruit for example we would buy fresh fruit and within like two or three days of having purchased it, it would start going off and getting moldy and and just being nasty. So we would like buy food for a week and whatever wasn't in the freezer or frozen stuff would literally like go off two or three days later. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just, you buy it thinking, oh, maybe I want that later in the week. And then by the time you get there, it's all gone off and you Mm. don't, and you can't eat it. And it's just a waste of money. There's so many times I've bought like bags of salad and, you know, I didn't want it for that night, but I thought I want it in a few days. And then when it comes to it, it just looks all disgusting and like it's like liquefied and you have to chuck it. Yeah, it's gone all rancid. It's horrible. And so this is why actually we made the conscious decision that we're going to shop like only two or three days ahead yeah. to kind of plan our, you know, lunch and dinners like that. And then now we waste a lot less food. I mean, you still have occasionally, like the example you gave a minute ago about the tins that you forget about. Cause Back of th- the cupboard. Right, you think they're going to last for like two years and then next thing it's like two years later and, you know, you haven't touched them. Um, that still happens occasionally, but not as much as it used to. So we're a lot more careful. And, and obviously, you know, I was brought up to be like one of those kids that, you know, polish your plate because the kids out there that are starving and you know young people nowadays would be like oh it's not like those starving people are going to get fed because you you know you wasted your dinners but Mm. i do think we still should take that mentality like the fact that you need to be grateful for the fact that you do have food and not to waste food when other people don't even have access to the food as well oh yeah definitely definitely it's a bit of a bugbear of mine i think I'm shocked about how much food is wasted. Like, if this is true, I mean, again, we're on Wikipedia, so, you know, our, our go-to them. guide for all information. But the four, four and a half million tons of waste is ridiculous amount of waste. So I'm looking at the stats for that, and it was saying what the type of waste which is is thrown away. And, like, about 50% of it is about potatoes. When it comes to something like potatoes, actually, it's terrible that that's what's being wasted because um, I watched a documentary a few years ago which basically said that the farming industry in the UK is in a real crisis because people aren't eating enough potatoes. Like, mm. this is a, a homegrown source of food, right? Yeah. So, technically, why is eating potatoes is good for the environment... Because it's not imported from far away, right? It's grown in this country and it's naturally sourced. And it's a fantastic natural source of carbohydrate that isn't processed. But, okay, so talking about potatoes then. So potatoes account for the largest quantity of avoidable food disposed of. 359,000 tonnes per year are thrown away, right? 49% of which are untouched. So half of it is just a solid potato that hasn't been, there's n- nothing's happened to it, 
Nothing's been changed. It's just a solid potato. It's been thrown away. So half of them get thrown away. The next one is bread slices. Bread slices account for the second food type most disposed of. 328,000 tonnes per year. It's just crazy when you see it in that, that, those numbers. Because you just don't think it. You know, you just throw it in the bin. But actually, the accumulation of everyone doing it is, is, is quite huge, you know. It's quite bonkers. It then, food waste puts a, a huge burden on finances of everyone. It, you know, we could save money by eating less. So you buy a week shop. So going back to talking about, like, get, trying to plan ahead, you buy a week shop, but then you find that some of the stuff goes off uh, and then you have to chuck it away. That's a waste of money. It, it, I mean, there's a stat here that says, in the UK, uh, wasted food is, is estimated to cost each British household 250 to £400 per year, accumulating to 15000 to £24,000 over a lifetime. That, that is crazy. So you could have up to twenty-four grand in your that you could save just from wasting less food. God, so that's something to seriously think about. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard for people because, you know, what if you have a family and it's not always possible to go to the supermarket every two three days like for us it's really had to be like a conscious effort isn't it to go to the supermarket after after work every two or three days to make sure that you you know getting fresh food and can you imagine if you're you know a housewife or a homemaker whatever the correct term is and and you know would you have the time to keep doing that when you've got two or three kids to take care of but it's just it's just bonkers the amount of when you th- when you look at it in these 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 terms, how how much money and how much that one well, not partly the environmental impact of all the landfill for all this, but also just from an economic perspective, you know the amount of money that you waste on food you don't eat is really bad. Yes, and that's why it's important actually to try as much as you can to cut down on your food waste. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that. Uh, that supermarkets put their food that they can't sell into a bin, but then like pour bleach and stuff over over it, so no one else can scavenge it. Which I think I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if I read this is a few years, but it's always stuck in my me- in my head as as something. A not all of them do, mm. but I don't want to right now name and shame them. But I think where that came from, and it is a true story, is that so most supermarkets would throw away all the best before food because it will be hard to sell it. So they'll reduce it. And then if they can't sell it, when it's reduced on the day of the best before expiry, they chuck it in the bins. And like a decade ago or so, it used to be very popular for people to go skipping, which basically means like... Oh, yeah, when you go into the skips and forage... Forage for the food that is still like in decent condition and edible, right? And lots of people were doing that. And some supermarkets started locking the bins... When that didn't work because people would like break into the bins, they they basically started pouring bleach over the food. Right, so I am right when I heard that. You, it's yeah, a, it a few it years is a ago true story. Yeah. It is a true story, and and I don't know if this is still happening, but it's it's very very shameful. And I think supermarkets there is one there there is some that actually do donate leftover food to charities, and that would in, I would encourage that. Um, you know, especially with like food banks and things that's become very prevalent in today's society like i don't like the idea of food banks not because i don't think they're good and they're they're great for what they do but i just don't think that 
we should have them in the fifth or sixth largest economy to have to ha have people who need food banks you know it's a basic right a basic requirement is that everyone has a roof over the head has food in their belly and the fact that we have now policies and austerity and all these kind of things which is pushing people towards having to get food banks and charity to eat i think is is, is a national disgrace in in my opinion and I'm th I'm so thankful that they are there and they're helping people and they're supporting people. But the fact that they they are there says more about today's society. And I, I think it's really bad, really bad. And especially now we're coming up to Christmas and there's stuff in The Guardian or other news uh, organizations. And they're saying how like the, the Trestle Trust that manages a lot of the food banks, how they're having to order thousands and thousands more tons of food to to have enough food in place for Christmas because there's going to be huge numbers of people that don't have uh, food during this time. And there's things about the universal credit where the the policy is that when they apply for it, they have to wait six weeks. I think there's a debate now in the parliament about changing those dates. But the fact is, if you apply for universal credit now, you won't get any money for six weeks. So you won't have any money by, by Christmas. And there's people who... You know, Christmas and, and, you know, it's a good time of the year to get family together, to eat food and to celebrate what you have. And there's going to be huge numbers of people who are too poor and reliant on food banks to survive. And that is a national disgrace, in my opinion. I fully agree with you. I think it's a complete disgrace that, you know, in the same episode, we're talking about millions of tons of edible food being wasted while coming up to Christmas, hundreds of people will actually be having a really horrible time and not be able to provide for their families and have a decent meal. And and we, like you, I completely agree. You know, I've said this about public transport that I believe is the duty of government to provide this. And I think it's the same that really if people cannot, you know, find employment, it really should be the state that protects people from from poverty and hunger and homelessness. And so it's it's absolutely disgraceful that because the government is pulling away, it, you know, it's it's civil society that has to pick up the pieces. Yeah, and if so, that's being decimated by cuts and, and things, you know, it's it's wrong. You know, the needs, we, we, ha we have a safety net. We need a safety net because a lot of people are like, like one paycheck away from destitution, aren't they? If they lose their job, you know, they're, they're pretty much fucked, you know. The thing is, most of us are that way. This is the thing that it's not just the poor and people in minimum wage jobs that are one paycheck away from destitution. I know people who, on paper right now, are earning above average, but they have no savings. Like, literally, well, yeah. if they got let go tomorrow, they would be homeless and, and hungry because they would have, like, within a month, they'll have nothing to take care of their family. So, like, most of us are in that situation. And while, you know, I would want to appeal to to austerity politics and policies to, to come to an end, at the same time, I do believe that we should be taking care of one another as much as we can. Mm. So even though, as you said, there shouldn't be food banks because the fact that we even need food banks is a real disgrace, at the same time, I, th I would appeal to people, especially coming up now to Christmas, if you can give to food banks, please do. So for the yeah. last 
four or five years and I haven't always been, you know, like properly waged or anything like that. But I've kind of made an effort that leading up to Christmas. I like donate either a bit of money or when I didn't have money, I used to like go and help with the shopping for the food bank yeah. that one of my friends runs. Like give give some money to the food banks because they are desperate. I mean, Nottingham started off with one and they're now free. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be soon more than free. They're absolutely desperate for donations like of non-perishable foods like, uh, like tins, like um, flour oil sugar etc and and yeah and or even if you don't have the time to come and help out with a food shop or to bring you know food give some money so that the you know the workers in those um charities can actually go and do the food shop so ideally those things wouldn't exist but since they do exist i think we do need to make sure that we support them and christmas is a, a wonderful festive period for a lot of people, but it's worth also reminding ourselves that for for many people it can be actually a very hard and lonely time, and so it's it's nice to show a bit of a community spirit. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that, hundred percent. I think it's been an interesting debate. I think I actually, think so. um, I don't. Maybe we've only just scratched the ter- the surface of of this particular topic. Maybe we'll come back to it again. But um, um, yeah, I mean, please let us know what you think about some of the things that we've mentioned. Um, you can contact us again at goodmoningpodcast at gmail dot com or via Twitter at goodmoninguk. And please get in touch. Also, uh, you can review on iTunes and please rate and review it would be really good for the show if you could do that and please share and to with your friends if you think anyone else might want to hear this podcast please share it with your friends and get the word out um so thank you again for listening and we'll speak to you in the next one good morning Thank you.